0: Yeah, like, when I sleep 20 hours a day, I'm depressed. But, you know, <laughs> the cat does it, and it's it's adorable.
1: <laughs> Welcome to your eulogy. On this episode, I interviewed my friend, Linz. Um, they were a great guest. We talked about Wicca, which is like pagan shit. Uh, we talked about depression and uh, loss, and it was a a wonderful time getting to know my friend better and i hope you enjoy this episode to your eulogy, the podcast in, where I interview someone about their life, so we can talk about their death. Uh, today's interview is with Linz, my friend. Um, I open up each episode with a joke about death, and here's a nice concise one. If the Grim Reaper wore a cool <laughs> cool ass Panama hat and slick ass and had a slick ass handkerchief would you call him the suave reaper? <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so today my guest is Linz. Do you want to use your full name? No, Linz is great. Okay, Linz. Um, we'll, we'll say that your name is Lynn and your last name is Z. <laughs> um, Linz is my friend. Uh, they have helped me in a couple of different things. Um, they were in my play. I just did a play last summer um and i also put together a uh, a mini festival um in which they came and sold um bath bombs Soaps, soaps um body
0: scrubs just um stuff of the natural realm that you can make to clean your body i guess it's really fun
1: yeah that's really cool um, are you into like crystals or uh, minerals or anything like that?
0: I'm actually wearing a carnelian necklace right now that I got
1: from the state fair. It's really nice. Carnelian. Um, it's it's a red, kind of deep amberish color. Um, is that just the kind of rock?
0: Yeah. Um, I'm not necessarily like into like the healing properties of stones. Um, a lot of people like think that they cure cancer and stuff like that, which I'm not, you know, really a believer in that stuff, but um, you know, they do hold energy, like residual energy and stuff like mm. that. And I think that that's interesting.
1: Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, I think I think racks and stuff are uh, interesting. Uh, for example, um, the way that we think, and, and because this this interview series is all about death and life and things like that, part of one topic that always comes back is the way that we evaluate life and i think that life in a way is quite overvalued um because life is what we experience as living creatures and on the atomic level and even the molecular level the difference between a rock and a person isn't that significant yeah Yeah, so it's, I kind of feel that the idea of the end of life and death is, you know, absolutely really nerve-wracking and scary for real reasons. But also, maybe a little bit of that edge can be taken away if you realize that it's just, um, part of it is a perspective shift. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, this kind of leads into um, Wicca, and like paganism and so so you have um you practice of right yeah i do um which is like i mean
0: a lot of people like when they think of like paganism or being a quote-unquote witch they are like oh are you casting spells on me and really it's just kind of like being about the earth and the appreciation for the god and the goddess and um there's a lot that goes into it you can either be the you know polytheistic monotheistic duotheistic um or just like mainly what I do is i I worship the moon and mm. have appreciation for that and how we um how it just affects us especially like people who are feminine uh-huh. It's really interesting.
1: Um, which, which forms of dual theism? Is that more like moon and like sun?
0: Well, kind of. There's the horned god or just like, which is like the male. And then there's like the goddess or there's, you can do like Pan and Diana are oh, also. Yeah. yeah. So, um, really it, it differs a lot. And there's um, there's a lot of different ways that you can practice. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's just, it's not. So set in stone, as like, let's say, you're reading the Bible, you know, it's kind of like the way you want to interpret it or what the way you want to practice is kind of like a big thing. And there's a lot of ways to incorporate Wicca into your daily life without having to have like a big altar or s- things like that. So I, that's what I find really interesting about the Wicca religion.
1: Mm-hmm. Are, are, are any Wiccans talking about, um, because of uh, global warming and weather being so crazy and these massive changes, is anyone talking about how that impacts um, like Wiccan practices because of so much of it has to do with like the seasons and the earth and and the cycles of like, you know, life and death and whatnot?
0: Yeah, like the wheel of the year and stuff like that. Um, I mean, I I truthfully don't really know any other Wiccans that truly practice um, the way that I do, I guess. I know a couple pagans, but, you know, it differs. Mm -hmm. Um, But that is something really interesting that I haven't really thought about very much. And I think that, I mean, that is a very valid question, um, being that we do worship the earth, things of the earth, and when we don't have an earth to worship, then it poses a big issue.
1: (laughs) Yeah. What I think of is, because normally you would turn to the Earth for instruction to, for, um, you know, a cyclical calendar, you know, like, it's becoming fall, that means this, or, you know, so the Earth gets cold or, or whatever, and you can respond to that. But when something unnatural, such as, um, you know, rising levels of CO2, messing with weather patterns, it makes it, um, makes the Earth, I don't want to say unreliable, but... Yeah, it's, it's harder to. I feel a little bit of a disconnection between my body and the earth when we have weird temperatures.
0: Yeah, and you know, and there are differences. You know, like the the solstice, like the spring solstice, came and it was still snowing. You know, mm. and um, it's supposed to be a time where Wiccans um, are like. Uh, showing like a lot of appreciation for fertility. Like in your chalice, you put milk and honey as a sign of like of fertility. And like when spring doesn't come, it's like, oh, it's kind of, it's kind of off. Mm. Doesn't feel right.
1: Yeah. How do you feel? Wh- what part of you do you think connects to this um, perspective of of your life? Um.
0: um Well, like, the main thing, I guess, that I'm responding to in that sense, not necessarily with seasons, but, um, like, the cycles of the moon, especially, like, being someone who, um, you know, is, like, a femme person, um, you can say, um, you know, just, like, cycles with your body and stuff is, like, all correspondent to the moon, and um, that is something that I connect with, like, very heavily Mm -hmm. with, and um, that's, yeah, mainly where my... Appreciation and praise and Wicca comes from
1: speak okay so the moon uh, femininity let's talk about femininity what is your and and we don't have to if there's any like details or stuff you don't want to talk about like I can edit it out you know like if you don't want to talk about like being non-binary or oh no that's fine anything like that yeah do you have any like feelings or thoughts about um, you know lunar associations with like femme people
0: well, I mean, um, my my femininity is my femininity. Like, regardless of being non-binary, um, I feel like there are definitely parts of me that are fem- feminine, but I do have this masculine energy as well. So that's where kind of the confusion or the gender queerness comes in because I never really, like, felt connected to my body in that sense of, like, um, like, a lot of people are like you know have a very maternal instinct and things like that which I don't feel like I don't have but I just don't feel like I can relate to myself as a woman I've never really felt that I don't know it's Mm -hmm. it's something that I can't necessarily explain with a lot of nuance because it's it's still something that I kind of struggle with and um I think that you know, being in touch with the moon a lot and using that as a tool, it kind of does help me relate to myself in a feminine way, mm-hmm. which is really excellent, I think.
1: Yeah, that's, um, and I don't want to say call it a beautiful analogy because for you it's not an analogy, but for me it is, and I th- and I really identify with that statement because it's taking a really clunky synectic of a concept such as like gender um and you're taking just one aspect of it that you know to be true and being able to like hold on to that is is much more easy to do than the idea of like am i a man you know because that's like what the fuck does that mean yeah (laughs) there's a billion different ways to think about that but if i say when i do um this or that, um I, I feel like my masculinity,
0: yeah. And like I think the main thing to understand is that gender is a spectrum. And I feel like some days I'm on a different area of the spectrum than other days, which like that being embraced more and more in modern society is something that makes me feel a lot more comfortable, hmm. just like living day to day, um knowing that, you know, there are people who are like, hey, like, I don't know what I feel like, you know, even going into um, people who are gender um, fluid, you know, they kind of feel like they switch from day to day. And honestly, I feel like I'm kind of just in this null area for most, Mm -hmm. most of the time. But I mean, yeah, it does change and I'm learning to kind of be more comfortable with that and it's becoming more easy, more easy.
1: Yeah, yeah um let's talk about animals doggies and bunnies w- um w- where does that come from what do you do you feel a a different connection to animals than people or do you just feel like a more direct connection to them
0: um i feel like it's a lot easier kind of to be around animals on a day-to-day basis because i mean you know they clearly like don't judge you they're just like hanging out you Yeah, know? they're just they just want affection and i feel like in a like a broader sense like that's just kind of what like humans want, but we're like burdened with being able to reason and.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I I stare at my cat and I just, I'm so envious, I I, I see her like sleeping and it's just so beautiful to see something so relaxed and not in an internal loop of hating themselves for relaxing. Yeah. (laughs) I am just like, how do you do it?
0: Yeah, like when I sleep 20 hours a day, I'm depressed, but you know. (laughs) cat does it and it's it's adorable <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah so yeah not not receiving judgment from animals i, I mean I, I think the the prefrontal cortex is the double-edged sword of mankind double-edged sword never really understood because like it's a sword you know it's yeah. not like i have a sword i can do good things if i slice it to the left but watch out because <laughs> if you slice <laughs> to the right bad things like what
0: <laughs> i thought it was like double-edged sword in the sense to where like i always pictured it as a sword with no handle like it's just like you're grabbing (laughs) the, the sharp part like this hurts but like also i can like do stuff with it i guess if i have like maybe a glove or something i don't know
1: yeah i don't think the phrase makes any sense well let's segue into the more serious stuff um did i see on your facebook that your dad died two years ago
0: yeah uh september 21st it was um two years that he passed
1: yeah i didn't know that um how do you feel about that Uh, or what has your your grief journey been well um i feel
0: like in a in a sense it's kind of still like a shock to me almost um it feels like it's been a long time but also not A long time it hasn't Mm -hmm. you know really been that long but um, being that I moved here from Illinois uh, to me it kind of still feels like he's just living there and that he's not like sometimes it'll hit me where it's like wow like he's he's just he's gone and um, I didn't really have like a really um, I guess you can say consistent relationship with my father Um, he He was an addict and he was like in and out of being incarcerated uh, for majority of my life which I guess like the biggest thing that I can say about it is that um, I guess I had always imagined him living a life and being stable and us being close but he kind of just passed away and I was left with like all of these feelings that never really got resolved, so I guess that's the biggest thing that I struggle with. Mm. But I mean, he was um, he, you know, he was struggling. He had cirrhosis of the liver, so he was on the liver donor list and all that. So with his passing, it's like I feel okay with it, knowing that he's not like suffering like he
1: was. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I think I I think I refer to it as a grief journey. Which I guess I was trying to be do a euphemism, but I think that sounds really dumb. <laughs> um, what What uh, language do you like people to use when they talk about like death and and your father's death?
0: I mean, I feel like that's pretty suiting. It has been um, definitely a roller coaster ride of emotions, so that's pretty suiting to say. Um, I mean, there's a lot of times where... I'm, like, completely, like, all right. And I don't think about it. But when it rounds around to the time where he died, I do get really emotional. And unfortunately, a lot of my friends knew that I really liked the song. Um, was like, I, yeah, I say that you remember. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's... Do you remember the 21st of September? So everyone always sends me that meme on the day that my dad died because it was the 21st. And, like, it kind of, like, makes me really sad. But I just, like don't say anything about it. I don't know. It's oh, been I week- see.
1: Like, they don't know that. Yeah, they don't so, know. Okay. So, they they're they like, like,
0: no, they're not doing it on purpose. Nice, like, no, no, no. They, they, sent, they send me that meme, like, hey, you love this song. And it's like, actually, my dad died on this day. And hey, thanks. But like, yeah, I remember it. My dad died today. <laughs> so, it's kind of like a, a funny thing that has been happening the past two years that like also kind of bums me out. <laughs> but... Yeah. I still enjoy the song. I mean, just don't send me the meme on that day, guys. Come on.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I I was just listening to an interview with, I can't remember his name, some pastor. He's got a um, gang intervention work program out in L.A., but um, Ellen Alda, like, asked him something about, like, if he's really bummed when, you know, because, you know, he knows a lot of people that have died, and he said something I thought was pretty insightful where he said... You can't be that afraid of death or like death can't be the worst thing in the world because if it was, like we all have to do it. Which, so the question is, it, death still is really, really bad. So um, what do you think um, hits you the hardest um, with that? Is it just the, the lack of closure
0: yeah, I mean, I guess it is, you can say, a lack of closure. Um, yeah, he just kind of, like, I don't know, he wasn't around, and then now he's just really not around. So it's like, it just, it's just it's not something that hits me really hard. I feel like it's just kind of strange.
1: Do you feel um, people projecting their definition of, like, a father... Relationship on you? Um, not necessarily.
0: I feel like the one thing, like, surrounding my my dad's death that people kind of project onto me is the idea of afterlife and where he like is, you know. And that's something that I mean, I mean, I don't really necessarily on even like understand the idea you know like I mean I get it like people believe that people go to heaven or people go to hell but like I don't know I just don't understand why people are so adamant on me like hey your dad's in heaven it's okay it's like that doesn't that doesn't necessarily comfort me because it's not even though I know that they're trying to like provide comfort it it's something that even kind of makes me uneasy when people say that and my dad was a very religious person but I don't know. It just it doesn't sit right with me when people say that, and I know that I don't. Know, for whatever reason, it probably should be comforting, but it's just not.
1: <laughs> how did how did the uh, rest of your family? How do they respond? Do they think because they're closer, right? Like geographically.
0: Um. Well, yeah my my brother, my uh, my dad's brothers still live in Illinois and my cousins and stuff like that, and. Um, My dad's brothers, I know that they, you know, they were all really close when they were younger, so they took it really hard. And my brother and my sister, like, I mean, even though they're here, you know, I feel like they kind of struggle a little bit more with dealing with grief. Mm -hmm. Um, Being a person who, like, for as long as I can remember, like, has dealt with depression, I feel like I kind of have better... Or a better idea of coping mechanisms and things like that to do, and you know, like and react just better (laughs) to things like that. But you know, my brother he's never he says he's never been like depressed. But after my dad died, I could see that he was, you know, very very sad and things like that. And he just he didn't know how to deal with that outwardly in a in a positive way.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's it's that's a, a real unforeseen um benefit to depression like i've been training for this yeah (laughs) i've
0: been training for this for years guys
1: (laughs) i suppose in in a funny way there's kind of a buddhist um mindfulness uh benefit to um having depression and understanding that your feelings um, and the effects that they have on you aren't true barometers for your life but something that you experience uh, would you agree with that
0: yeah um, yeah I can definitely agree with that Um, excuse me sorry Um, and I think that is kind of like a more easy way to like kind of look at things you know well Mm -hmm. not necessarily easy but something that kind of like can give me more peace of mind with myself and the way that I deal with depression and things like that
1: mm-hmm. yeah does that like philosophical understanding do you think that affects how you choose to live your life besides just like you know coping with um, depression do you, do you think it has changed your outlook on things everything from as small as not being pissed off when it's a rainy day and you have to go like walk a dog or something to you know something like the, the uh, early death of your father
0: I think honestly um, I just kind of at this point in my life I'm just rolling with the punches I mean it's really hard for me to kind of have any sort of like philosophical outlook in that in that um, realm because I do still struggle a lot so there's days where like I take things really hard mm. there's days that um, where I feel like, like, oh, what depression, you know? Like, mm-hmm. it's just, it's it's a very um up and down type of thing for me. So I kind of just like take everything a day at a time. And um, it does allow me to appreciate the times where I look at my life and I'm like, okay, like right now, I'm really happy. Like I'm in this moment, like I'll take a second and I'll be like, I'm happy right now. And like, mm-hmm. that's something that, I don't feel like I ever really noticed before.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's 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 beautiful. I I, I think that I, uh, along with many other people, um, constantly talk about depression as if it, the person you're talking to, just got over it and it won't like ever happen again. You know, it's yeah. like, yeah, it's like, oh, well, you've addressed it. You know, we can talk openly about it, Then it's done. Yeah, you know, we're perfect. Like. <laughs> But that's not the reality of it, is it?
0: No. And I mean, I did go to therapy for a long time. And like, I feel like therapy does help a lot, but like, it got to a point where it was kind of like redundant. Like, yeah, I'm going to, I can talk about stuff and yada, yada. But I mean, at the end of the day, like, I don't want to be medicated and I still have depression. So it's like, when I need to reach out, I do reach out and that's something that's like a big step of mental illness is realizing when you do need help Mm -hmm. and when you can realize yourself like going back into that place that you don't want to be so um that's a that's a big step but i mean aside like aside from that it's kind of like yeah a lot of people do kind of have that outlook like oh well we talked through it like you're okay just be happy now and it's like yeah Okay.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What would be the worst thing that could happen to you?
0: Oh, the worst thing that could happen to you. The thing that I, I guess I fear the most. Um... Is losing my mom I guess or one of my siblings because they were all I really had growing up Mm -hmm. and then inevitably my mother's gonna pass away but being a person who is is and has been severely depressed and has attempted suicide I honestly always thought that my mom would outlive me Mm. and now that she's getting older and I'm you know definitely more stable in my life that's something that dawns on me a lot and it's it is it's terrifying and i you know, she's she's the only person I ever had my whole life, you know, so.
1: Yeah. Well, what do you feel your connection to her is like? Do you feel like it's part of an identity thing? Sometimes I feel my connection to my family is identity. It's like they're variations of me.
0: Well, when in 2014 I, I did, I had an, a suicide attempt and my mother told me um, that when Her mom passed away. She was so sad and you know, she just didn't know what to do. Like she was, she's not really a person who suffers from depression, but she was severely depressed. And then she found out that she was pregnant with me and she said that I saved her life. And that, sorry, I'm getting emotional. Um, That's something that why I feel so connected to my mother. Um, She really has always helped me a lot with and been very understanding with my mental illness and that, you know, something I'll be forever grateful for. Mm. And that's where um, my connection to her really became very strong.
1: I often wonder where these, how you feel these connections. Is it um, through communication? Is it through um, shared activities? Is it through history?
0: Yeah, I mean, with my with my family and things like that, I feel like our connection just comes from us all being the same. We are so alike, all of us. Even though we are personality-wise like in, you know, more intricate ways we are very different, but um when it comes down to it, we we are all very similar and just that comfort alone, mm. I think that is what really really solidifies our bond. And I think that like, you know, I was for a while was not very close with my family and now even like moving here I just we've gotten a lot closer and I think it's it's just it's really great
1: yeah that's wonderful I'm what I love about family is just they're people at least the way I'm with my family is like they're people that you've been around too long to be able to keep up a facade. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and like, I, I kind of, I do care what they think, but, you know, when we're hanging out, is it's just too much effort to try to present a the best version of myself. Yeah. <laughs> um, what, what you were saying about your mom um, and when she found out that she was pregnant with you, it kind of hit me because I... I'm not planning on having kids, um, and I have a lot of guilt about that because it's the model of my families, which kind of sounds like a redundancies. Because family literally is having yeah. I mean, that, that's kind of <laughs> like the defini- yeah. the scientific definition. Um, but I, I I feel guilty and feel like I'm wasting my life um, often because I'm 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 not having a kid, um, and a lot of people especially nowadays have have come forward saying like you know this this isn't for everyone like we don't need everyone to have a whole bunch of children Um, but I think culturally it's like I'll never really be able to get through that so I like to think that that connection um, (laughs) your mom had with you um, is some universal thing that applies to everyone but it also kind of stirred up uh, my one of my darkest fears that I am, <laughs> that the meaning of life is to have a child so that you can love as much as um, your mother loves you, and the strength that she gave you. Um, kind of breaks my heart.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I think that it's it's possible to love someone with that capacity without like being you know, like necessarily like a mother or father, you know, I mean, there's people who like foster and Mm -hmm. things like that. And I don't plan on having kids either. And, um, if I ever did feel the need to nurture someone in that sense, I would definitely become a foster parent. And, Mm. um, I think that knowing that you are so needed in someone's life is like, would You know, not necessarily to the extent of, obviously, someone having your DNA, but, you know, I feel like that can definitely nurture that sense and give this, you know, quote-unquote meaning that people search for and long for. And um, there's so many people out there who do need a caring adult in their life. Mm -hmm. And um, that's kind of just my outlook and how I feel like if I ever need to fulfill that how I would go about it
1: yeah yeah and you know what parents aren't that great (laughs) (laughs) like I already said growing up that like peer pressure gets kids to do bad shit but I don't think so I think it's parent pressure parent pressure is very real (laughs) parent pressure is what makes kids like racist you know peer pressure makes kids like piss off a bridge onto traffic but like parent pressure makes them like you know think that you know um, I won't give any examples because then I'll just get political and we'll go yeah. sideways <laughs> on what, what this podcast isn't about. Well, uh, what were you going to say?
0: Um, I honestly don't remember.
1: But <laughs> that's right. Um, one thing that I've been thinking, um, and to to kind of wrap things up, um, for the interview portion of this is, you know, talking about um, death and depression and things like that, I think can be a bit of a trick. Um because like you can't think your way out of most problems. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't like giving the impression that and I think I was I think maybe that's what I was responding to when I was making fun of me, you know, talking to you it's like, oh we've acknowledged your depression, we're done. We've we've moved yeah. on. Because I think that's a trick of the mind that happens constantly where it's very easy to read a book of aphorisms um, and think that you've become a, a perfectly wise person.
0: Yeah. I mean, there is there is a lot of times where people have kind of, you know, what, like how you joked and said, you know, oh, yeah, I know, you, you're fixed. And... Um, especially with anxiety too, I mean, it's kind of like a weird thing to where like you th- overthink yourself into a problem. <laughs> 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 so it's it's just, um, there's a lot of intricacies that have to go with that. And it's definitely something that still perplexes me. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, I'll, I'll just say that you are um, justified in your successes and you are justified in your failures. And you are uh, vindicated in happiness and vindicated in sadness. So,
0: Yeah, I mean, absolutely, I can (laughs) agree with that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, We're going to take a break now, um, and uh, I'll have you write a little bit, um, and then we'll come back and record it. All right, perfect. um since it's so short uh why don't we do another one uh another take if you like all right (laughs) that was good though all
0: right here lies Lynn's, lover of soup and gaudy sweaters remembered fondly for singing surf rock songs to cats and their impression of dana carvey as a gopher gone yes forgotten no Because I keep finding these weird Polaroids Of them stashed around my apartment
1: Of them dressed up like Bob Ross (laughs) Uh, That was beautiful, perfect Thank you (laughs) This has been your eulogy Uh, My name is Matthew Schneeman I uh, produced and edited And did the music for this episode Thank you very much for listening And thank you to Linz for being uh, A wonderful guest
0: Thanks, thanks for having me (laughs) Yeah